football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny. Denny, how's it going, buddy? It's a spooky version of Living the Stream. That's right. Uh, two, two months after Halloween, so it's very, <laughs> exactly. it's very timely. I think. <laughs> yeah. There's not nothing. Nothing gets you in the the Christmas spirit like a spooky voice. Well, you know, there are some good, uh, uh, you know, Christmas ghost Thrillers. situations. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, well, there, there, there are some Christmas horror movies. Gremlins is one. Gremlins, yeah. of course, being the best, the best horror movie. I, I saw someone have the, think that it was a controversial take the other day on Twitter. Oh, Gremlins is a Christmas. Of course, it's a Christmas movie. It yeah. happens like it's based around it being Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of the diehard argument, right? Like, do you think diehard's a Christmas movie? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I like, yes. like what, what constitutes a Christmas movie or not? I mean, it 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 it, it is it is, uh, but but uh, I I don't even think it's that controversial. I, I mean, Eyes Wide Shut is a Christmas movie. Yeah, like <laughs> I I think it's fine to say that these movies that may not center completely around Christmas, but they the time frame is in Christmas, and there's like Christmas yeah. trees and Christmas parties. Like, right. I think it's fine to say that they're Christmas movies. They're just not Christmas centric movies. I want to know what the thing is. Like, what is the thing? That makes it a Christmas. Is it like a, a gift exchange of some sort? Is that what makes it a Christmas movie? No, I, th- I think it just has to happen at that at that time of year. And speaking of Christmas movies, there's no better Christmas movie. I'm sorry. There's, there, speaking of Christmas parties, there's no better Christmas party than the one in Eyes Wide Shut, which is a very interesting. One. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Actually, the best Christmas party that I went to, Denny, was on Saturday at my house. Oh, yeah. We had a Christmas party. But I thought when the ACC championship uh, when the schedule came out, I, for some reason had in my mind that it was an afternoon game. And I was like, why are they doing this? It's usually a night game. Like what's going uh-huh. on here. And so I was like, oh man, we have a Christmas party that day. I'm not gonna be able to go to the, the ACC championship game and Pitt is going to play. That's my alma mater. I got to go. I mean, I went to the Pitt Clemson game a couple years ago when they just got completely smoked by like Trevor Lawrence and Travis right. Etienne. And, and I was like, I mean, like Pitt was a favorite in this game. And I'm like, I got to go to this game. Thankfully, it was at eight o'clock, so I was able to. We had a Christmas party during the day. It was lit. It was great. We had so much fun. And then <laughs> I, I like it was the most, it was the most social thing that I have done by far, by far, not even close since the pandemic started. Like not, nice. not even close. I mean, I had, we yeah. we went to a birthday party in the morning that for an old neighbor. We then went to we then had our Christmas party here, and mm-hmm. then I went to a stadium pack full of college kids. That's a lot of socializing in one day. It was a lot. I mean, it was, it was definitely a lot, especially when, when you just are not used to that thing. But, man, it was so much fun. I had such a good time. I didn't get back until 1.30 in the morning. and, oh. and But it was amazing. Pit won, which was great, too. And it was one of those games where, like, as a fan, you go through every single emotion, and that's when you know it was a good game. You know, like, yeah. a, like a, oh, it was incredible, just the whole game. I was in the one end zone, the, the pit end zone where the band was. And I had a view. I mean, we were like right there, like right behind the field goal posts. And I had a view of the the Kenny Pickett fake slide 
that you know they show they show the side view on the yeah. but I had I had a totally different viewpoint of seeing him just break Wake Forest's yeah. ankles with that move. It was such an incredible move. What what was your reaction when you saw it? I I lost my my SHIT man. I mean like yeah. I I went absolutely we we all were like like everyone immediately knew it was a fake slide. Like we all were, <laughs> oh my god, fake slide. Like cuz we all thought that the play was going to going to yeah. end. And yeah. but it was such a it was such a smooth move. Like it I like it wasn't so obvious that he was gonna like when you watched it you're like oh yeah he's gonna slide but realistically he didn't it was just a small twitch it wasn't like a he gave himself up on that no. move it was such no. a small twitch and for, i don't know how he was able to just like keep going the way he did but it was unbelievable yeah i uh i know it, it that fake slide lit twitter on fire there were i retweeted a, a a funny post about it and then it was preceded by 30 people chiming in saying this was the most dangerous and the worst thing to happen in 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 all in football history. Uh, I I liked it. I liked. It. I think uh, any real winner, like anyone who's willing to push the limits of of a, of a game's rules, uh, is is you know is the, the the most determined to win the game. And you yeah. see this in in basketball. You see it in baseball. Uh, and th- this is an example in football. Maybe they'll change the rules because of this. I don't know. But I loved it. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing that I look. Do I like when players like flop on a football f- or on a on a soccer field or a basketball court or something like that? No, I don't. And there need to be penalties if they're caught doing it intentionally, right? But at the same time, these people are just trying to to win. I mean, the same thing happens in hockey all the time when they get slashed in the wrist and they're like, "Oh, it's on my face" or something like yeah, that. Or they yeah. and and like. Like I, people get really, really annoyed by it. I'm like, guys, they're just trying to find edges to win because the referees are all part of the game. But I would say that what Kenny Pickett did wasn't even in that same realm. Like it wasn't yeah, even right. close to like a, a, a cheating oriented and, and like a cheap type thing to do. He literally was playing within the rules and had an uh, insanely athletic play. I mean, an yeah. incredibly athletic play. He, he, he didn't break a- any rules. And I guess the argument against it is that defenders now – will not believe that a quarterback is sliding so they'll they'll hit the quarterback as they're sliding well that that'll be a penalty folks that'll yeah, be a penalty. yeah so exactly that's not changing <laughs> exactly and if you want to change the rule that's fine if this is if Kenny Pickett like changed the way that they're going to uh, officiate this and we start seeing it in the NFL or something like that and they start change, that that's fine but the rule was not that and by the way one of the best like bad you know like bad photoshops when people do like stupid photoshops mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i love bad photoshops there's nothing better than bad photoshops someone took the Kenny Pickett slide fake slide and they put it on the Heisman trophy and it was yeah. one of the greatest things <laughs> that i've ever seen so yeah, that is good no i i uh, I, I like it you, yeah i don't like flopping but was this flopping? I, I mean, I, I no, don't, no. I don't I'm just trying equivalent. to, I, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to give like a more extreme equivalent and say that even that is debatable, right? Like, no, I don't like flopping, right? I, I don't, I don't enjoy seeing LeBron James not get touched and then just like, f- like fly 13 feet in the air like he was in Space Jam, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy that. I'm just saying yeah. that these players are doing that within, you know, what they see as a way to win, and they're right. they're doing it within the rules because if they they're, they're basically what I'm saying is there needs to be a penalty for you doing those things. Just like if you're like in a fantasy league and right. you don't set a lineup or something, or you're colluding in some way or whatever, there needs to be a penalty. There needs to be something to deter that action from happening. Right. Whereas there, there, there aren't even rules around what happened with Kenny Pickett 
against Wake Forest in that game. Uh, and so it, it's very difficult to, I mean, not only that, but he like, like what, when is it, when, when do, when does a quarterback give himself up? Right. Yeah, like, like right. when, when is that point in time? And then I'd also say, look at where the Wake Forest defender was. The, the one defender was, he was like 10 yards away from him whenever he, he made that back. play. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on now. It was a, it was an incredible play though. It was awesome. It, yeah. I mean, but this is a part of a tr- uh, tradition of, of athletes taking advantage of rules. Uh, Barry Bonds, you know, became a, a, a put on a robot arm and leaned over the plate for years, uh, forcing pitchers to, to put the ball where he wanted it. And therefore he has the home run record. Right. Um, uh, on a slightly different note, uh, uh, Dwayne Wade made an entire career of driving into the paint and drawing contact with no intention of, of making the shot, just, drawing contact and getting to the line. I mean, and, and he put on, you know, um, uh, you know, rib guards and, and all sorts of stuff on his upper body because he knew he was going to take a beating. He was going to put himself through that to get to the line and to score points. And because he is a, a, a winner. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I think Pickett is in, in that category now. Yeah. Sidney Crosby does that in hockey all the time. I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's not like this like horrific thing. He's he he did something that was athletically insane, right? I mean, he showed off that athleticism. He he runs like a four six forty, and really? then yeah, I mean like he's he's got that that ability. Um, but him being able to do that like in that moment too. I mean, it was like the third play of the game. It was just an unbelievable like just again lost my you know what and then like mm-hmm. the emotion of that first quarter where like Pitt's defense couldn't stop a thing and then all of a sudden in the second half they could stop everything and they got a pick six and they had a almost two pick sixes it was just an incredible incredible game and Pitt they're your ACC champions they they're apparently in the ACC this is what I've learned <laughs> yeah yeah they are they are your ACC champions Denny the Pittsburgh I, I, Maryland's not in, the, in there anymore. So I, it's not mine. Look, I just got to say it was good to see a, a, a team, a football team uh, named the Panthers get a win at bank of America stadium. It, and you, cause you're not going to see that for the rest of this year. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to see that happening anyway. All right, Denny, uh, before we get into what happened last week, what's uh, what's going on over at the edge. Yeah, I have my week 14 kicker column up on NBC sports uh, I recorded a good football show with Pat Doherty today. We talked through some uh, emerging players and their prospects for the fantasy playoffs. So you can check that out at NBCSportsEdge.com. I feel like we we triggered a lot of people with that opening conversation. For the record, like yeah, like I, even like I, I feel like people are gonna take the the things that yeah. I said about like flopping and take it to the extreme. Like I enjoy it. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that people are working within the parameters of the rules. People are really passionate about saying that this is the worst development in sports history. And yeah. I was I, shocked. I didn't even, th- I didn't even know people knew that the game was on. <laughs> I I did. I actually had Kenny Pickett in some DFS lineups. So did when you? that happened, I was like, yes. yeah, yeah, it was a sweet game. Uh, all right, let's look at what happened last week. For some reason in my spreadsheet, I have Taysom Hill as a defense, but I'll I'll change that to a quarterback. Uh, okay. He was our top streamer, and he was, he was very clearly our top streamer. And despite throwing 18 interceptions, he still had 21 fantasy points. Uh, and that, and again, we we count mine. Our, our scoring is minus two for interceptions, and oh. so I know that in other leagues he was like a 24 instead of a 21 or 20 25 instead of a 21. Yeah. Uh, to Rod Taylor. To Rod Taylor, he was a 1.3. Apparently, we're supposed to call him Tyrod now. Oh, we're, we're back to Tyrod? 
Yeah, someone linked us to an interview where he says it's Tyrod. I am so mad right now. I, I, Do you understand how mad I am right now? Uh, it, it, the same thing happened with Patrick Sertan or Sertain back when he played for the Dolphins. The, I'm oh my god, I'm so mad. He he changed the pronunciation of his last name like six seven times. This is the most tilting thing that's happened to me all week. Like yeah. this is this. Uh, do you do you understand? Like when when I talk about Taylor, I I've now trained my brain I to know. say Tyrod instead of Tyrod, and yeah. now I got to go back. And you're a stickler. You're a stickler for pronunciation. I know. I'm so mad. I had to do Godwin Igwe. I can't even say it. I I, I recorded it today uh, for my 15 or my 10 trend show, and I had to do Godwin Igwe Bukwe or whatever it is. The the yes, uh, yes. the Lions running back who's uh, you know he's a, he used to play safety in college. He played. Oh really? Yeah. He played. So Jim Sonis at, at Number Fire uh, in Fanduel. He like he was Northwestern, and so that's where Godwin went. And he mm-hmm. like interviewed him like early in his in, when Jim was in school and stuff because he worked in the in, in communications and whatnot, and uh, and he he interviewed him. So Jim knows like all about his story. So he's like really pumped that he uh, has, is yeah. now a freaking like usable running back who not only is a running back but he ran by far the most routes at running back for Detroit this past week. I, I know I was very tilted about that. Yeah, like Jamal Williams. What's what's up, man? Like what's going on there? Crazy. I wasn't happy at all about it. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, 17.9 fantasy points. That was a pretty good outing. Uh, Taylor Heineke scored 15. So overall quarterback aside from Tyrod, uh, was not too, too bad. Foster Moreau, uh, had 4.4, not great. Uh, Conk Daddy, Tyler Conklin Mm -hmm. had 12.6. Gerald Everett had one of the the worst real football games you could possibly find. Well, can you tell me exactly what happened? I know he fumbled twice. Well, there was one, there was one, the, there was an interception. Okay. Where he ha- he literally caught the ball in the end zone, and he dropped it. And as he dropped it, it like rolled down his body, and he kicked it up in the air, and they picked it off. Oh my god! Okay. I mean, he had he had one of the worst games that I've ever watched in my life. And then and then Dawson Knox like followed it up on Monday night with just another horrific game too. Uh, but yeah, Gerald Everett only had point seven fantasy points as a result of all that. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy, our favorite leprechaun, he had three point three points. <laughs> Uh, Durham Smythe, who Denny liked as a, uh, brought up as a, as a deeper streamer. I shouldn't look, I like, we both take credit for all of these, all of these streamers, Denny. Uh, he did nothing. Uh, defense Minnesota scored six. They didn't sink you. Kansas city though, scored 17. We kind of owned that one. Yeah. Yeah. Crushed. I feel really, really good about that pick. I, I was confident all the way. Yeah. So a decent week overall, I'd say, I mean, it's this this time of year kind of sucks. It's tough, but I'd say it was a decent week overall. Let's get to the streamers this week. Let's start with defense. I'll kick things off. I'm going to go with the process, the process, the process, the process. The Green Bay Packers against the Chicago Bears. 12.5 point home favorites. Bears have given up a top 10 performance in two of their last three. The process, the process, the process. I mean, the Bears have like a like a 12 implied team total in this game. I mean, it's really, really low. Um, you should you should feel pretty good about the Packers this week. Absolutely. I, I just looked up Gerald Everett, by the way, just to get back to him real quick. I just looked up his expected fantasy points from last week's game yeah in ppr gerald everett had 15 expected points. yeah oh he was hor- he scored 0.7 oh my god i'm i'm just <laughs> this is unbelievable to me all right i uh obviously i don't i don't watch the games um <clears throat> all right so um i have the titans the titans are at home against jacksonville the Titans are available in 73% of leagues. They are eight and a half point favorites over the Jags. 
Uh, the last time these teams met in week five, the Titans scored 12 fantasy points on the strength of a fumble recovery and a, and a few sacks. Um, the Jags have the, this is where I remind you that the Jaguars are a bad offense. The Jaguars have the fourth lowest EPA per play and the second fewest points per play this season. Uh, and then uh, per JJ's schedule adjusted numbers, the Jaguars are the second best defensive matchup in 2021. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. They get the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta is the top offense for defenses and adjusted fantasy points allowed this year. I know that a lot of that has to do with how New England just destroyed them a couple weeks ago. Uh, but even still, if you remove that game, they're a top five matchup. Uh, mm-hmm. The Panthers are three-point home favorites, 43.5 point over under. The process, the process, the process. That's right. And the process leads us to the Seahawks, the rejuvenated Seahawks, apparently. At Houston, they are available in 85% of leagues. Seahawks are seven and a half point favorites against the Texans. Uh, Houston gives up the fifth highest sack rate. Davis Mills will get the start this week with Tyra Taylor, however you say his name, out with a wrist injury. Uh, Mills was sacked 17 times in six starts this season, so we may have a sack-based floor. Floor. I actually, I actually love all four of these options at defense this week. Yeah, I think they're all I, very, very good. I feel like you can't go too terribly wrong here. Yeah, I don't even know how I would rank them. I think I had the Packers as my 15 transactions defense, but if you want to go Panthers, that's fine. If you want to go Titans, that's fine. If you want to go Seahawks, that's fine. So pretty, yeah. pretty good week. Uh, all right, let's move on to the quarterback position. I know that people are going to be turned off by this. Okay. But I don't, I don't mind Cam Newton against Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I so clearly there's a lot of risk he scored six fantasy points the last time we saw him but in week 11 we saw that he could be usable he, he ran the ball 10 times he had a couple of passing touchdowns he scored 26 fantasy points and Atlanta is the second best matchup in adjusted fantasy points a lot of quarterbacks this year there have been mediocre quarterbacks that have done well against Atlanta this season whether you're talking Taylor Heineke who, who was a top five quarterback against them Tua Tungavailoa was a top five quarterback against them Cam Newton's coming off a bye. Hopefully they got it together a little bit more. No more Joe Brady. Maybe that's a good thing for Cam. Who knows? Um, there's clearly a lot of volatility here, but the matchup is is obviously there, and there aren't that many great streamers out there. So I, I think that Cam does work. The Falcons put no pressure on the passer, and I think that that's probably key here because last last time we recommended Cam, he played the Dolphins. And the Dolphins got after him and uh, basically ended the Panthers' offense yeah. before halftime. Um, Taysom Hill is still considered a streamer. I guess we do not have enough Taysom Hill package believers out there. Um, but the Saints get the Jets this week. It is the greatest spot for a quarterback. Saints are five-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Jets. Um, the Jets allow the highest expected points added per drop back this season and it's not really that close uh the jets are giving up a 70 and a half percent completion rate this is the second highest in the nfl and they are the fourth best quarterback matchup per jj's schedule adjusted metrics and you know honestly it all comes down to uh the konami thing with uh with Taysom hill he had 11 rushes last week for 101 yards i think we can almost bank on him getting double digit rushing attempts in this one yeah, I like Taysom. I think that he's the the go-to if you can't get the other guys. Yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is not in a terrible spot. They get Minnesota no. this week. Minnesota's really bad against wide receivers, and that's where Pittsburgh obviously funnels some targets to Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. 
this is the uh, sixth best matchup in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. And let me ask you this, Denny. Mm-hmm. When do you think the last time Ben Roethlisberger played a game where he didn't throw a touchdown pass? Wow. Well, now that you're asking. Well, no, um, don't 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 play that game. Like if you were to just like realistically think when um, would what like what would you guess? Like five week, weeks, like six weeks, maybe? I'm gonna say week eight. Okay, week eight. That's your guess. Okay. The last time he didn't have a touchdown pass was week two of twenty nineteen. What? Part of that is he didn't play the 2019 season after. That was the game that he hurt his, his elbow. Remember that against Seattle? Oh, and then he, yeah, he was, yeah. And then last season, every game had at least one touchdown pass. Every game this season, at least one touchdown pass. So there's at least some sort of floor with Ben Roethlisberger. And because I said that, it's not going to happen this week. But, um, you know, no, that's it, he, has, he has two top 10 performances over his last three. I actually think Roethlisberger's like a moderately decent play this week. I do, too. How good did the Steelers offense look when they finally stopped trying to establish and just ran like a like kind of a a, a muddle huddle yeah. hurry up type they, type deal against the Ravens? That, that's how Roethlisberger's been good in that's in those situations yes. over the last yes. like five years. And I don't know why the Steelers don't just let him do that. They they should they should go into the game doing that yeah. Instead, yeah. Of, instead of getting down and and forcing the issue. Yeah, it was uh, it was way more effective than running Najee Harrison to the back of offensive linemen twenty five times. And you know that of all quarterbacks, the delta be- in terms of effectiveness between being able to huddle up, being able to know the play versus just kind of winging it, the delta in effectiveness there is smallest with Ben Roethlisberger more than any other quarterback because he doesn't actually know how to play quarterback. Like he, he he's what? open. Like he no he's openly talked about. There was that that Chris Sims clip where uh, he talks to him and he says that he, uh, he, like, Sims is, like, asking him about his footwork and stuff, and Ben was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What? Like he, yeah, Ben, like, doesn't know how to play quarterback. He's just he's just been naturally gifted. He just, it makes so much sense, too, right? Like, his his DGAF attitude, the yes. way that he's, like, approached his body and all that. He's like never gotten into shape. Yeah, right. And, and like, and, I mean, somehow he's outlasted that draft class. I have no idea how that's happened, but, like, the, this the, I, I truly, truly think that of all quarterbacks, maybe aside from some of the mobile guys, you at least pocket passers, you probably find the smallest delta between ineffectiveness whenever you're talking guys who are huddling up and not huddling, huddling, huddling up. Wow, can't talk. And <laughs> and what Ben Roethlisberger offers. So I don't know why they don't do it either. I don't understand. Yeah, well, the Steelers beat writers are officially calling for them to do that. So maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody will listen. Yeah. Um, my second quarterback is Taylor Heineke against the Cowboys. Heineke is is and remains a kind of a floor play. Washington is at home, four-point underdogs to Dallas. Uh, the Dallas is the ninth most extreme pass funnel defense this season. Uh, so, you know, maybe Washington will be a little less run heavy. But I looked into it a little bit to see just how – run heavy they are i looked at michael leone's um uh expected or, or pass rate over expectation over the past four weeks and washington's kind of in the middle of the league and expected pass rate or, or pass rate over expectation which i did not expect i thought that they would be you know bottom two three along with philadelphia maybe a couple other teams but yeah i, I so i think that maybe we have a chance of a little bit of volume here yeah i mean the thing with with washington is that they've been winning more and that's forced them to allow Antonio Gibson to just like do his thing. There, I mean, what what are the odds that's going to happen against Dallas? You know, Dallas is a strong team, and and we could see a negative script for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to the tight end position. 
I'm going to go with Conk Daddy. Uh, I'll keep this brief. Adam Thielen sidelined. Last week without Adam Thielen, we saw a 22% target share from Conk Daddy. Pittsburgh's not a great matchup. They're 25th against the tight end position, but I think overall he's probably the safest and best tight end option off the waiver wire for this week. I would I would say without Adam Thielen. Uh, I want to apologize if you can hear my kids. They are being really loud right now, but I will uh, I will soldier on. I have James Z O'Shaughnessy the seventh. Uh, he plays for the Jaguars against the Titans. Uh, so last week it wasn't fantastic. Uh, he caught two of six targets for 13 yards against the Rams. Uh, he ran a route on a very nice 69% of Trevor Lawrence's dropbacks. Actually, it's not that nice. It's uh, way lower than I would have thought. Yeah. Um, this is and this is not a great matchup. Tight ends only see a 19% target share against Tennessee. But wait, I have in my notes. Uh, last time these teams played in week five, Jacksonville tight ends caught eight of 10 targets, including one touchdown against the Titans. So we may, may have a, a slightly better than terrible matchup here. Let's go with Ricky Seals Jones, who is likely going to be, I mean, Logan, Th- I don't think they've officially said how long Logan Thomas oh, is going to yeah. be out, but he's going to, I mean, he's they out. thought he thought he was going to tear his ACL. So he's clearly going to be out without Logan Thomas in four completed games this year, uh, because he did get hurt against Tampa Bay. I believe it was Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, he scored 11 plus fantasy points twice, and he had a 16.4% target share per game average, which is pretty strong at the tight end position. I mean, basically the way that Washington operates is that when Logan Thomas has been out, whoever the backup tight end is, or if Ricky Seals Jones is out, whoever the backup tight end is, they just play that same exact position. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's, it's that simple. Everybody. Like, it's just Logan Thomas is basically what you're getting with Ricky Seals. Yeah. Jones. Everybody gets a 95% route share when they, yeah, when they, yeah. when they play tight end for Washington. If you, if you had to start next week for Washington, you would run on a route on 95% of Heineke's dropbacks. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Ricky Seals. Jones is also more of a long-term option too. And if he can't go, it's John Bates season. Yes. Yes. That's another thing I should add is that Ricky Seals Jones did not play last week. Uh, but he did he did get limited practices in, so yeah. I do think that he's going to go this week. But if he doesn't, then yes, you gotta yeah. you gotta pivot. He should be fine. All right, we're back to Foster Moreau, who is still available in seventy eight percent of leagues, which is shameful in my opinion. Uh, only he only had one catch on three targets against Washington. He ran around on sixty two percent of the Raiders' dropbacks, which again is not the best. Uh, my uh, you know stat here that could make that look slightly better is that on 76% of those routes, Moreau ran ran his route from the slot or out wide. So that's, you know, that's not not bad, I guess. Um, he, he's playing against the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs allow the eighth most receptions to tight ends, five and a half per game. And Kansas City is the 10th best tight end matchup per JJ's schedule adjusted numbers. Um, the Chiefs are big home favorites here. So I think we should get a fairly pass heavy game script for Vegas. I'm going to go back to Gerald Everett. And I know that people are rolling their eyes, but this is what you got to do in fantasy football. This is what you got to do in real football. If you're a player, you got to forget about it. You got to have a short term memory as the coaches say, right? That's That's what they say. Uh, And so with, with Gerald Everett, yes, he had an an abomination of a week 13, (laughs) uh, but he did still have a 16.2% target share since Russell Wilson's return. His target share per game has been 20.6%, which is, Pretty amazing for for a tight end, uh, and, and like last, you know, like the week before last week, he ran 29 routes versus Will Disley's 13. So you're seeing that kind of split 
uh, at the tight end position. Just basically what I'm saying is nothing really changed last week except for his production. He just had a really bad game. Houston this week, uh, they're fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. It's a good matchup. So I like Gerald Everett quite a bit. I'm still just flabbergasted. Gerald Everett had the most expected receiving points of all Seahawks. Of all Seahawks, he led the whole team. Anyway, yes, you go go back to that well. And then I I should briefly also mention Austin Hooper, uh, which uh, we – talked about before the show we because news happened like during the day and stuff but David Njoku is on the COVID list and Harrison Bryant is like a borderline IR candidate Mm -hmm. so if both of those guys are out uh Austin Hooper is basically the number two pass catcher on that team behind Jarvis Landry so I and and not only that's a favorable matchup as well so I would absolutely be adding Austin Hooper to uh not not Austin Hooper v2 like version two but Austin Hooper (laughs) as well I think that he's a decent streamer this week too. I I like the tight end streamers this week. I think there's a lot of good options. Quarterback streamers aren't too bad, and the defensive streamers aren't too bad. I think it's going to be a good week. Uh, Cleveland tight ends combined for 11 targets against the Ravens when they played a couple weeks ago. Boom. So to recap, we have Austin Hooper v1. Uh, we got Conk Daddy, Ricky Seals Jones, James O'Shaughnessy, Foster Moreau, Gerald Everett, Ben Roethlisberger, Taysom Hill, Cam Newton, Taylor Heineke, Seattle, Carolina, Tennessee. Green Bay, let's get to these questions. First question this week, which I have to go over to the LTS account because I'm dumb and I didn't have it loaded uh, whenever we started the show. We can can vamp. It's fine. Okay. So first question this week. This is from, this is actually from last week and I'm just bringing it back up this week. Mm -hmm. At F, at F football dragon. Do you have a real or artificial tree? I hate real trees, but my, my life loves them. I'm assuming you meant wife. I feel this way mostly for the anti-environmental reasons and cost. So where are you at with the uh, the yeah. real versus fake tree situation? I have I have both. We have both. We have uh, a fake tree in the downstairs, and we have a real tree upstairs. I, JJ, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually cut down our tree. <laughs> I, I heard about this. I heard I, about and, this. And let me tell you something. The, the the tree farm where where we went did not have the greatest hand saws in the world they were relatively dull and so i had to really really work to chop that thing down i'm talking i was i was on the ground lying on the ground sawing as hard as i could sweating bullets trying to get this thing down so i, I eventually did um it, getting back to the question did were um, you was that the same day you were wearing the uh the brawny man uh, yes. plaid shirt that's right that's right perfect. and and I, I was just trying to look the part Yes. Um, what else can I do? Uh, yeah, I mean, the environmental part is not bad. But you know what? When uh, large multi-billion dollar corporations stop polluting, I'll stop cutting down my tree. So my wife and I would get Christmas trees. Since we've we've owned a house, uh, we've bought a Christmas. So we, we bought our first house in 2015. Now we have this new house, like I said. And up until last year, pandemic year, uh, we were getting uh, uh, real trees. For, right. for Christmas and what we would do. And I think I shared this on the show before, but when they would, when we would get the tree cut and they would like trim it down for us when they would cut the, the uh, trunk down and it gives you like little pieces would come off. We would take the, the, the end of the trunk and it usually had a hole in the middle of it. Yeah. And, and uh, we would take the end of the, the trunk and make it into an ornament every right. year that right. we could then put like on our that. tree. So we, we actually retired uh, going out and getting real trees. We oh. now have a fake tree and we utilize that fake tree. And I have to tell you the experience of a fake tree 
look, I, I understand Christmas spirit and wanting to go out and, and get the real thing and doing it that way. The, the, the fake tree situation is just superior. <laughs> yeah. It's just better. It, it, it's a lot less grinding. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that like we, uh, we travel like in Thanksgiving. And so like, we would always wait until after Thanksgiving to get the tree because we didn't want to like be away. I, I don't, I also just like have this fear that the tree's going to catch on fire when I'm gone. Yeah. Like, Melissa, Melissa has that fear. Why do you guys fear that? Cause That's it can happen. happen. It's a thing. It can happen. Well, how dry is your tree? <laughs> I'm just saying, Denny, you have no, what if your tree is just a very thirsty tree? Just, just water it. I don't, I don't understand. Well, you're going to be gone. Tree. What if you're gone for like four days and you're just like, well, what if you forget? Or what if you, I mean, it's just, I'd rather so, I, not even have that in my brain. In the flames? Is that how it works? Yeah. It'll burst in the flames. Oh my God. Yeah, Denny. That's why. That's that's why you don't do the the real tree thing. You just get artificial trees. So even if, okay. So so even if you unplug it, so the the lights are not on. Yeah, it'll it, burst into flames. It's still gonna burst. <laughs> it'll burst into flames, Denny. I, I I would I would pass out if I saw that. I bet you if you Google Christmas tree fires, you'll yeah, get you'll get something. I'm I'm sure I'm sure I I would see it, and I'm sure people are gonna at me and say. You know, I have 15 neighbors who lost their homes because of a real Christmas tree caught on fire. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Okay. So the, it says the most common causes of Christmas tree fires involve what you said, electrical distribution or lighting equipment. But then there's also, uh, that the, that they're too close to candles or they're too close to like a heating source. Like what if, what if your house is too, is hotter than you want it to be or something like that? There's just, there are ways for it to burst into flames is what i'm saying and i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with that i don't want to it risk that reminds me of the lyrics of a incubus song that i can't recall right now <laughs> uh next question i don't know if you saw this or not i i didn't see this until this question was asked so this is from at bf daniel m talk about bill belichick wearing or mm. sorry talk about bill belichick turning up to monday night football with a navy football face mask and then winning by having Mac Jones pass a mere checks notes three times, highest T possible. At first, that was my re- first reaction. Yes, this is the highest testosterone move in the history of sports. But then I thought, no, wait, he was giving a clue. Yeah, he was, he was offering a clue to the world. This is what we're going to do tonight, folks. We're going to run the Navy offense. It's it, just it, going to be ground to pound. It is it, it, honestly like if you were borderline liking Bill Belichick. How do you not love him after this? I, I am. I am so. Yes. Right. Uh, I I'm flabbergasted and impressed by what he did, what they did to the Bills. The Bills will never be the same, by the way. They 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 might as well clean house right now. They, this this run <laughs> that they had is over after they their souls were taken. I can't wait for them to win the Super Bowl and for us to replay this clip. Oh, stop. They're not making the playoffs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Here no. we go. No, they're Here not making go. the playoffs. They're, they're done. Uh, and, and, and also, put the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Don't even make them play the playoffs. They're, they're in. They're in. So, the way that I view this Bill Belichick... So, he's wearing... A, so, just so you guys understand, he's wearing a, a face mask, you know, like a surgical mask, a COVID mask, if you will, and, and it has the Navy logo on yeah. it. And as we know, Navy is a very run-oriented team right. in college football. And so, and that's like the tradition of it. And so the, the insanity, like the way that I feel about this right now is when I watch a TV show. Okay. And you get through the end of the TV show and then they, they then show flashbacks of things that you just watched 
and and the the TV show then all like what happened in the show all comes together at the end. Yes. Yes. Right, like all you you're putting all the puzzle pieces together because they're flashing back and they're showing you all of these things that happened. That's exactly what I felt like when I saw this navy mask. It, that's right. And 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 what would Belichick say if someone said, "Were you, you know, telling the the world, telling the Bills what you were going to do?" He would say, "No, I was yeah. uh, honoring our men and women in the navy." <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 unbelievable. Because if it was me or you, and that happened. After the game, I would go up to everyone and be yeah. like, "Hey, did you see the mask I was wearing? Get owned." <laughs> you, wouldn't, Get owned. you wouldn't be subtle at all. It's like no, it's no. like when it's like when an, an artist. Uh, it would be like if if uh, if David Lynch like uh, was like, "Hey, you see that part in the movie that I made where I did a little? <laughs> I gave you a little hint, but you didn't see it the first time. You had to watch it another time." Huh, huh, huh. Yeah. And they never do that. Yeah, I could not. I could not do that. I could not hold that in because it's just too good. It's just I know, amazing. I know. It's such, I... such an amazing dress. I mean, like I just and it, it has to be connected. There, that is not a coincidence. Oh, it's not. No way. That no. is not a coincidence. Next question. At ice cold fire one, if you were guaranteed an honest response to one question, whom would you question and what would you ask them? Oh I, I would ask Bill Belichick if that was the, right. <laughs> that's right. a tough question. I I, I kept it even though it needed some thought. I don't know if I have a real answer to this. I, I think that like the go-to answer is like ask a president something. Right. Ask a president about aliens, probably. Yeah, something something like like that that would give you uh, unlock answers to so many things because like the alien thing would unlock answers about like religion and answers about it's just like yeah. would would you'd learn a lot about the world. Yeah, I would probably ask a president not uh not Trump and this has nothing to do with politics. It's just because I I'm pretty sure they didn't tell Trump about the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Well, can't can't let this guy know." Uh and so I I'd have to choose another any other president to be like, "Are there aliens and do we have uh, do we have uh access to their technology and like, yeah absolutely we've had it for 60 years stop yeah stop asking dumb questions yeah i mean if they did tell trump then we would know right now that's, that's, that's yeah it would be, we, it would, we would have been know. posted on twitter immediately <laughs> yeah which is not which is not about that that side of thing that would be fine i would be totally for that just to let it just to see what would happen he, he was making noise about releasing the truth behind jfk's assassination yeah on twitter and and somebody got to him and was like uh you 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 can't do this yeah. whatever you're doing there with the jfk stuff you had that has to stop and he said <laughs> it stopped right next question at golden Graham 41 does denny hold the ladder for mike davis as he puts up the lights to their house um i i don't but i i will say mike davis had a great video today the falcons released it where he was nominated for walter payton man of the year award yeah um that made me like that guy so much like he's I actually, awesome i feel bad about being a cpat truther now i mean mike davis is a legit person <laughs> oh yeah he's awesome i mean you know that he's you've been in the thruple with him for the last three years <laughs> you would you would have you would have thought that i would have already known but it just it just struck me today yeah man of the year outside the home and inside the home <laughs> my wife next question at fitz underscore eight four three when you spend time doing analysis and the results end up wildly wrong, how do you go about bouncing back? <laughs> you just okay, you pour yourself some uh, some scotch and you. Uh... Oh man, that's such a yeah. No, it's it's hard. It's not easy. Like there are some Sunday nights where it is a struggle to to get uh, motivated to do what I have to do to finish out the, the day, which Sunday is a very busy day for me, but. Um, yeah, but, but on the flip side, when you get it right, it feels great. 
Yeah, you were having a conversation on Twitter this week, weren't you, about just how anxiety-inducing fantasy football is from like a a season long, not even like a DFS standpoint where it's no. you know weekly and cyclical like that, but from a from a season long standpoint, the way that and I only read bits and pieces of like the back and forth you were having about it, but the way that I see it at this point in my my career, my life with fantasy and stuff. I celebrate the non-losses more than the wins, if that makes sense. Me like, too. I celebrate the fact that I didn't lose more than the fact that I'm winning. And, and I, I mean, my goodness, like this season, I think someone might ask how our season's going or, whatever, or is this the most wild season? This season, I'm having a, a really good year. Like, like across my redraft leagues, I'm, I'm going to make the playoffs in like over 90% of my leagues this year. Like, right. it's, it's like, I'm having a very, very good season. And Last year was kind of iffy, but this year I'm feeling really good. And the I, I there's one league where I made a trade like a month and a half ago, and it burnt. I was telling Denny about it before the show, mm-hmm. and it's burned me so much. Like I mean, I played the team that I traded the guys in, and he beat me last week because of it. And then this week, who I got Stefan Diggs in the trade, I, I lost my my week because Diggs played in that crazy weather game, and it just burned me so crazy. And I can't be fixated on the good things that are happening across my leagues. I'm fixated on this one league that I screwed up it doesn't even matter. The league doesn't even matter. Like yeah. the league is not, it's not even close to my most important league, but I'm so fixated on it and I'm so depressed about it. Right. And I can't just be happy that so many of my teams are doing so well. Yeah, no, that that's right. You focus on the losses uh, over, over the wins. That's, but that's natural. That's, that's the natural tendency. Um, I, so, someone replied to that thread and said, uh, I believe it was my buddy Alfred, uh, who does a lot of college football analysis. Uh, he said to, that anxiety and excitement um, come from the same part of our brain, and yeah. like we grow to to enjoy it in a perverse way, um, and and so that that's that's where that inclination comes from. Yeah, but I mean, I, I've won fantasy leagues, and and after the win, I guess I'm happy for a moment but honestly i'm just wondering if i could do it the next year that's how it goes yeah yeah it's one of those things first off the the excitement versus anxiety thing there's a trick that i've implemented uh that i saw once and it works uh if you have a lot of anxiety before doing a presentation you know i have anxiety all the time before i go live and do live streams not all of them but some of them um you know that goes away obviously with more and more reps but If you have that anxiety, if you sit there and you verbally out loud say, I'm excited, Mm -hmm. your, your brain literally flips. Really? If you verbally say that to yourself and you sort of talk yourself about being excited as opposed to being anxious about what's about to happen. That is really, so you just have to say it. You say, and I I try to like give, and from there then, like I try to like get my mindset into more of an excited space and an anxiety space because it's again, the same part of your brain that's that's functioning there that is interesting it is it is funny how uh how such a uh such a dumb sounding thing can actually work and like i i feel like there are other little tricks that you can pull on yourself to yeah to to make yourself think or feel a certain way and it's like no 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 that it it can't be that easy but it turns out our our brains are are you know very uh, uh easy to trick 
Yeah. I mean, if you have meetings where it's just an important meeting and you're talking to a boss or something, I mean, start to train your brain to look at the, the exciting parts of that because usually you're anxious because there's something that's about to happen that is impactful, right? right. Like you wouldn't be anxious. You know, I'm not anxious before I go play some Halo or something. Cause it just doesn't matter. Right. You're not. But, but yeah, I mean, sometimes, but, uh, you know, if you have like a big meeting or if you're talking to like a higher up at your company or something like that, and you're anxious about it, try to try to start thinking about being excited about it because you know that at the other end of that meeting, you're going to have a conclusion and you're gonna be able to act upon something that you've just been waiting to, to know the answer to, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's helpful. And the, the other thing with the, the fantasy stuff and the fantasy leagues, the one thing that's really helped me, uh, get over like the the depression of like, you know, maybe you have the third most points and you mm-hmm. know, you're seventh in your league or something. And you're so tilted cause you didn't make the playoffs or whatever. The one thing to always keep in mind is that no one cares. Like no, no one cares. Seriously. No, no one cares. Like, and, and I've tried to implement this as well. Whenever I get stuff wrong, you know, to this question fits, uh, about, uh, my analysis going wildly wrong it's it's very difficult internally to get things wrong just as a human and as someone who's very very into what i do uh and i want to be right i really want to be right not just because i just want to be right but i want to help people win right like i don't i don't want them to lose on my behalf but the one thing i always have to keep in mind is that sure there's going to be some people that remember everything that i say everything i do etc cetera, etc cetera. but most people will either be able to just brush it off and not really care or 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 they just don't literally don't care like they don't re- like you are the person who remembers all of those little things more than anyone else in your life outside, you know, like, yeah. like strangers, etc. Like you're the only one that actually cares. It's like no when, one I else worry, cares. when I worry about how my hair looks, no one cares. Just no me. one cares, Danny. I, I mean, no one cares. No one, uh, well, no one truly to cares. my mentions. People do care, but, I, yeah, I, but generally no one cares. Like I have, again, like I have that 10 K this weekend. Right. And I'm, I'm getting ready to run it. And I'm like, oh, I really want to get this certain time, even though I haven't really trained that much. I really want to get, if I don't get that time, what's going to, no one cares. <laughs> literally, literally no one on planet earth cares except for me. If you post it on Twitter, somebody will care, but I, I agree. Right. Yeah. I mean, someone will make fun of me for being as slow as I am. Yeah. Right. right. Cause they'll be like, well, I can, I, I run a four minute mile. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's bound to happen. Uh, I, th- speaking of which, can we, can we briefly talk about like the shame of uh, the gym shame, if you will, and you shaming mean? people. People, people go to the gym mm-hmm. when, and it's so intimidating to people who are like out of shape and haven't been to the gym in a while because oh, yeah. the people at the gym make it intimidating. Yes. And then they're like, oh, you're doing, and then they, they post pictures and, and videos of people on Instagram doing exercises wrong and stuff. Uh, come on. Yeah, like go help life. them out. Get a life. I mean. Yeah. This is so not, irritating to me. Not, not all of us are, are, are so vain that we know how to do every single exercise in the freaking gym three times a day like it's yeah. you know uh, we we have we have lives to uh to operate here yeah be, be a little bit more open-minded people that's all i'm saying next question at chris underscore riley underscore ffb my league got in a heated debate this week about whether oreos were, <laughs> that's not the direction i thought this question was gonna go in. <laughs> whether oreos were the best snack ever made uh-huh. i firmly believe there's no better snack cookies than oreos snack cookies and snacks are different uh, where do you stand on the issue? Sorry to get political. Yeah, this is deeply political, and you're—it's wrong. What are you talking about? It seems like I, I mean I, I love Oreos. I'm be wrong. I don't eat them anymore, but I love them. They're good. Double stuffed Oreos are very, very good. But the best snack. 
I don't consider sweets like that, like cookies, a snack. Me neither. No. Snacks to me are like more like I consider potato chips a snack. Like the like that's more snacky than chip than uh, cookies are. Something that will fill my stomach is a snack. Right, because you can only eat, I mean you should only eat. Uh, uh, hopefully not more than like five Oreos, that's but still a lot. <laughs> that's still a lot. I know. I'm saying. I, I'm. I'm trying to give you a, a high end range there. Okay. Okay. You're not basically. What I'm saying is you're not eating Oreos to get full. I hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, right. Sure. I mean. Sure. I mean. It, but that's how Snickers sells itself as some sort of meal replacement, right? Yeah. Sort just of. Just have yeah. a Snickers, and you're like, no, I, I could eat. I could eat uh, 13 Snickers bars and still be hungry as hell. So no. Yeah. That's why I've gotten so into apples over the last year because they they are so easy to just grab, and they're they're the most filling thing that you can possibly just get quickly and eat. Really? I, I, I find that I have to put peanut butter on them in order for them to be filling. I mean, that's fine. I mean, well, that... I'm not talking like meal replacement, though. I don't, no, I'm no, not, no. yeah, I'm talking like if it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you ate lunch at noon or one and you got to wait yeah. till dinner, then, you know, yeah. apples are easy to grab. What if you ate lunch at 11 15? <laughs> Is that when you then, eat lunch? Uh, this, the, today I did because I was so hungry for some reason. I couldn't, My I could goodness. not wait. Next stop is a retirement home for you, buddy. I know, I know. Goodness. Next question, at Charles underscore sword. How is your Christmas shopping going? Sorry to get religious, but my wife and I effectively stopped exchanging presents with anyone except our daughter a few years ago. It has helped reduce stress uh, for this time of year from a 10 to, let's say, an 8. Uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you feel about all this? So there are some people who, ha- you know, like love languages, yeah. You know, like some people, so there's one that's like gift giving. Yeah. Like if you're, a, I, I'm not a big, I'm not big into like gifts, whether it's giving or receiving. Me like either. I'm just, I, I'm not, it's just never been my thing. But my wife is very, very into giving, like loves giving gifts, loves like helping people. Like she just has that in her, in mm-hmm. her soul. And so she's so on top of everything Christmas and I am not at all, but it's also <laughs> football season. So I do right. very, very little when it comes to all the Christmas shopping and stuff and all that stress goes to her, but she's done she, this year. She was done with it before December. Wow. Yeah. It's just very, very impressive. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we have, we have cut down on our gift giving and it, uh, it, everything, everything involving gifts we've cut down on uh, in, in recent years. If, if I didn't have kids, I would get a gift, a, a couple of gifts from Melissa and that's about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and, yeah, and, yeah, I'm not, I don't want anything from anybody. I mean, there's nothing. Right. There's nothing I want or need. So that's what I'm saying. So, um, so Amanda's family is very into like sharing Christmas lists and stuff, and then they all buy. I mean, they're very, very giving and just very into the gift side of Christmas. It's still to this day, you know, not just whenever they were children and stuff. And it's great. Like it's a it's a cool experience and it's fun and everyone mm-hmm. like loves getting those gifts on Christmas. I every year though, it's a struggle for me to give them anything. That, like if like I like if I want something, I buy it. Like that's. That's kind of where I'm right. Like, yes. like what, what, what $50 thing that you desperately need? Are you not going out and just buying? When I see a David Bowie t-shirt that I want, I buy it. I don't ask <laughs> right. for someone to buy it for me. Yeah. So like this year, so like I try to get like the things that I don't like golf stuff, right? Like yeah. stuff that I'm not always top of mind, like going out and getting that I don't necessarily like absolutely need. It's that kind of stuff that I'm putting on my list. But again, like I could live without it. Like I can still play golf without newer equipment and stuff like that. But yeah. Sure. That, that's how I, I've always operated. So it's a little bit of a switch for me, but I still, I still, you know, we get gifts for uh, each other, my spouse and I, 
and you know we get gifts for for Avery. Um, but we we try our best to. I'm sure anyone with kids understands this. Try our best to tell the grandparents to to chill a little bit because yes. we do, we should, Avery does not need any more toys to play with. Oh, we have a whole room, an entire playroom, room. same packed packed to the brim yeah. with toys. They they don't even they don't even know that 75 percent of those toys are in there. Yeah, we could get rid of almost all of them tomorrow, and there would be no difference. No no more toys. Yeah, there's a lot of like things that you can do with that. Like we donate a ton of a ton of her toys, and we we did like a purge like a, a week ago, and it's amazing when there are fewer choices. This goes back to what we talked about last week. When there are fewer choices, the kids will like be able to like play with specific things better and more. Like they'll they'll yeah, be into that yeah. thing a lot more. Yes, man. Yes, that's absolutely true. Next question at boo underscore duh underscore pest. I work out at a gym and I usually shower there. After I get out and change, I wash my hands in the locker room sink. My friends think I'm weird since I just showered. I argue that there's still lots of stuff with germs outside the shower. Can you two weigh in on which one of us is weird? I mean, you're 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 brave for showering and in, in a in a locker room. I mean, I, I haven't done that since I was 15. So I, and then and then but this he's, he's showering in a locker room and then washing his hands after. Yeah, is that is it maybe it's a COVID thing? I mean, if it's a COVID thing, it's understandable more. But regardless, I think it's a little bit too much. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's I mean, you, you don't do that at home. I yeah, I don't I don't wanna like I'm not I don't wanna make like make fun of O C D or something, but like is that doesn't that seem like like kind of that behavior? Yeah, a little 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 germy, yeah, O C D germy stuff going on there. I mean, you just bathed. You just bathed. Yeah, you're you're fine. You're fine. I mean, I don't know what you're touching after you shower. I don't know what's in your gym. I don't know. You know, there's there's stuff that maybe you can touch in there that that is dirty. I don't know. Uh, but if it's a normal gym locker room, I have a hard time believing that you're getting something that's gonna destroy your body after taking a shower like that. Yes, I agree. Next question at Mallory RT four. Just looking for an update on Denny's Christmas light situation. I've got to know if this Griswold dreams have been realized or not. Oh, Mallory, they they were not. I, you know, it was just too ambitious. It was too. I, I I took I took a step back and looked at actually looked at my roof, and I thought, oh my god, how am I gonna? How but am you I committed? You committed on the show. I know, man, but I, I, I didn't realize how big my roof was. Again, it's a sick brag. <laughs> okay, it's a sick brag. <laughs> I forgot that I lived in a mansion. I, for, I forgot how enormous, how palatial my house is. No, and and, and but uh, here's what. <laughs> instead, uh, I I strung up lights uh, along the gutter. <laughs> oh, you did. You know, so it took a while. Um, and I, and I felt good about it and I think it ended up, I think it ended up looking okay, but man, that would have taken, I don't know, two, three hours for me to, to do it right, to do the, to do the right thing and to do go full Griswold. No, I did, I did not achieve it. And, and maybe, maybe next year. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was a lot. Of, that's why my reaction was the way that it was last week. I didn't realize, man. I didn't, I, I thought I would just kind of hop up on the roof and throw some lights on and be like, Hey, look at that. It's uh, yeah. ready to go. Well, that's, that's impressive that you were able to get the gutter, though. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I went across the whole the whole deal, you know, and and it yeah. was uh, uh, again large large roof. So it's it you know uh, it it took it took a while. It took about 30, 40 minutes. Uh, thankfully, it was 
it was warm. See, the, the, the temperature dropped. The temperature dropped to about 20 or 30 degrees uh, today. So I will not be doing that ever uh, for yeah. the rest of this Christmas season. This next question is from at I can't poo no more. Oh, no. <laughs> My goodness, go to a doctor. <laughs> we were power ranking Christmas foods at work and we reach a quandary. Is gravy considered a food? Please advise. And then he says, I think it's a condiment, not a food. And that the dictionary definition of food, which would include gravy, is way too broad. Food needs to be edible on its own. I like, I, I, first of all, I'm a big fan of gravy. I'm not. I don't like gravy that much. What? Yeah, I don't know. I've just never got been into gravy. Like, even my Thanksgiving meal is not even gravy-filled. Have you considered that you haven't had good gravy? I mean, haven't had a good gravy Twitter is definitely going to come after me. But I, I have, I, I just, I'm not a big gravy person. Also, I just said the term good gravy, like, <laughs> like an old man. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's not a food. Who, it's not a food. It's a con. You're right. It's a, it's more of a condiment. It's in that you're, and I agree with this definition that food needs to be edible on its own. That's right. Uh, who, who's like, Oh, I love the food gravy. Yeah. I'm just picturing like, like what, which one of your coworkers is going home and getting a ladle full of gravy and eating that for dinner. That, well, I mean, I, I, I might do that depending on how good the gravy is, but yeah. Oh, come on, Denny. Get out of here. <laughs> Jesus. You haven't Next had my aunt's gravy. Next question. At the Pugfather22. I didn't know about this until this question. I had to Google it before the show. Otter 2021 occurrence. Winning NFL game with two completions or trying to breastfeed a cat while on a plane. What the hell? Did you? I, I, I Googled it and I saw headlines. Apparently some woman was breastfeeding a cat on an airplane. It, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's, there's no, there's no excuse for that. Like, I don't care how much you love a cat or whatever. You don't it, do that. Don't do that. It's so disturbing. Don't just don't just my God, my God, cat people. You, you're making us look bad. I look, I, I know I have a dog. I still consider myself a cat person, but now, now you make me not want to be a cat person. That whoever I, did that, that's weird. It, it's beyond weird. Uh, an otter 2021 occurrence is probably that than, than a, completing two passes in an NFL game. Who, who could even think of that? Who would be like, Oh, I know. I know how. Yeah, I don't, I don't, have to, I don't have to bring milk. I'll just, I'll just feed it. I'll just use it from my body. I, I, this is, the most bizarre thing. Yeah. 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 And, and the other thing too, is that like, I, the fact that it's like an actively breastfeeding as opposed to like getting it out first, man. Oh man. It is. That is the, that's not, that's not okay. That's not okay. I, I, I would ask the, the pilot to land the damn plane. I, they might have actually, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> entirely sure. I didn't, I didn't read the full story. So sorry about my fake news. Next question at Ryan muse. Have you or your spouse ever tr had to sleep in another room because of the other's farts were just too gnarly? <laughs> no, no, never happened to me. No, never. I, there was I, there was one time, and my wife will maybe kill me for this, but uh, she went to happy hour, and she came back, and uh, when I say that she smelled of garlic, uh, I mean like when she got into bed. <laughs> It smelled like she was one big garlic clove, okay? <laughs> it, it like brought tears to my eyes. It was so pungent because she went to this she went to this uh, uh, bar where uh, they they have good beer and they have garlic fries. And not, I'm talking about the gar the most garlicky fries you've ever seen oh, in your life. Was it? Were they trying to trying to get rid of vampires? 
there, I can guarantee you there were no vampires in that restaurant or in, in our house that night. Okay. And, well, yeah. and, but she, she got, she got into bed and I thought, I, I can't, I can't with this. I can't. So I, I actually had to go. <laughs> oh, because of garlic. I had to leave because of garlic. I mean, because garlic to me is the worst smell I've ever I, that, that imagined. No. It's the worst. Garlic? Gar- garlic, t- worst taste, worst smell. Awful, awful. Interesting, interesting. Uh, the last question this week is from at cheesy underscore FL. What were you guys like in college slash when did Denny become a boomer? <laughs> what were you like in college? Uh, in college, um, the, I'll paint a picture. I wore uh, jeans with lots of holes in them that I put there myself. Um, uh, Chuck Taylor Converse shoes, beat up, beat to hell. Um and t-shirts like Atari and uh, some other 80s stuff. I had a Madonna t-shirt. I had a Prince t-shirt. Um, my hair was was very long. Uh, I was in a phase. I was in a big uh, a phase of, of trying to look super cool. Uh, but I was not cool. And I didn't live on campus. And I didn't have a whole lot of friends in college. So that, that's, that was me. I was, uh, I, I never went through a phase like that. Like I never had like a, like a appearance related phase. If that, you know, like I just, it just never like, like wearing certain things, cutting my hair a certain way. Really? N- none of that. I, I was uh, a very, very stereotypical college kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I d- drank three nights a week and I was a pusher and I would get other people to drink a lot with me. And we had a lot of fun and I would try to, uh, I had parties at my apartment, uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, and you know, I, I, I mean, it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was just typical college stuff. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't drink. Um, uh, and, it, and it wasn't for any reason. It wasn't like a moral stance or a religious thing. It's just, I just didn't drink. I, I had no reason not to, but, but I didn't. So I was a completely sober hipster. Yeah. I, so like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I wasn't like, I don't want you guys to think that I was like a frat guy. It wasn't that at all. I was not into that scene or anything like that, but it was a very, you know, I had a, um, a lot of different, like I, I didn't develop a group of friends in college. Uh, my, my closest group of friends are still from high school. And then I have a group of friends, uh, here in Charlotte as well. But, uh, my, my closest group of friends are, are, you know, not, we're are not from college, but one of my best friends is from college, mm. but I had like different pockets of friends in college that I would sort of like hop around to, uh, you know, through like going to parties and going to the bar and stuff like that. But I mean, it was Pitt's campus. Like the way that Pitt is sort of like laid out is that like, uh, there, there's only like four, it's a big school, but there's only like four main bars that people go to, or when I was there, at least that people would go to, and you would just be able to like walk to these bars and you would see someone that you knew and then you would able you you were able to basically just party there then the rest of the night once you were of age of course oh uh, yeah of course of course of course but yeah typical typical college guy for me I yeah mean, I, I, I don't think we would have run into each other yeah i mean i i i wasn't again i don't want to like paint this picture that i was some like alcoholic but i think a lot of people in college you because i wasn't a big drinker in high school but i when i got to college i certainly was Certainly was right, right, right. I, I didn't have a drinking problem, but I, I did enjoy drinking. That's, that's... Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, there was a lot of alcohol consumed. I'm glad that I have gone in the opposite direction. Yeah, I was and... gonna say you, you've you've had one white claw in the last eighteen months. 
I did drink White Claw on Saturday, uh, I should say. And I, I mean, it's amazing what alcohol can do to me now after not drinking for a while. You, you are laid out by one. Oh, it's amazing. White Claw. It, it's, it, I'm telling you guys what, if you, I mean, just, just drink a little bit less and don't do it as frequently and you will feel great after like four White Claws. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine it, it. It's not, not so much work. Yeah. No, yeah, it's great. And White Claws taste fine. They're great. They do. Yeah, they're they're solid. All right, Danny, you have a or first off, let's say for the show, where can everyone find you? Yeah, uh, at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter. All my work can be found on NBCSportsEdge.com. I am on Twitter at late round QB. Denny, I believe you have a tilt montage this week because I downloaded it. I did. I do. And I, and I want to apologize two weeks in a row without the montage. People were tilting their faces off. But here you go. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will catch you on the flippity flip. It's uh, 1.18 p.m. in the only legitimate time zone on this earth or any other earth, the Eastern time zone. And uh, Mike Davis just scored a touchdown. Uh, Literally everyone hates that. There's not a single person on the planet right now who who enjoyed that touchdown. Not even a Falcons fan, honestly. Uh, Corderell Patterson, of course, as always, got the got the Falcons down into scoring range. Some are calling it the red zone. And then Mike Davis took it 15 yards for a touchdown. And um, honestly, I've never been more upset about anything <clears throat> in my life. Not to be dramatic, but uh, I, I I don't remember being this upset. And and here's why everybody hates it. If you, for some reason, drafted Mike Davis, which I I, I still think that he's Maybe the worst running back pick uh, in fantasy in my lifetime. Uh, you weren't playing him today because he's been completely phased out of the, out of the Atlanta offense. Uh, Kadri Allison was called up from the practice squad to basically take Mike Davis's spot. Well, Davis got this carry, scores. You didn't. You weren't playing him. No one was playing him uh, unless you just forgot to. You have forgotten to change your lineup since week. I don't know two. Uh, and then those of us who have Patterson everywhere are, you know, horrified. I'm going to throw up like the girl from The Exorcist at this point. My head's going to spin around. Anyway, things are going well so far. I am tilting. It's at 1.48 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, I'm slowly coming to grips with the fact that if you do not have all of Dallas Goddard today in DFS that you are not going to win any of the money. And it looks like the Goddard Elijah Moore skinny stack is where it's at. And here's the thing about that stack. Uh, It never crossed my mind. That uh, lineup situation was absent from my mind grapes this week in making my lineups. But uh, it turns out the Jets are really intent on making Elijah Moore a thing. He's clearly their best player by far. Not even Zach Wilson can mess this up, apparently. Um, so just I'll keep that in mind uh, for when I'm ready to win some money, which maybe never. I am, uh, I am tilting. 1.52 p.m. Eastern Time, and I have to say that I, I, I respect the hell out of uh, NFL head coaches 
who get down in an athletic stance whilst coaching. Uh, Mike Vrabel comes to mind. He's, he's big into that. Um, Robert Sala of the Jets. Uh, you know, these guys, I mean, they, they, they stay in shape. They clearly work out a lot. Uh, they, <laughs> they will hike up their pants and put their hands on their knees and get into an athletic stance, kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, a, a basketball player, uh, awaiting, oh, there's another more touchdown. Oh, almost, almost Elijah Moore touchdown. That would have been a second of the day. Anyway, the, the, these guys, they, they look like they're, uh, uh, basketball defenders awaiting the offense, uh, to come down the court. Uh, it looks like Robert Sala is, is this close to slapping, you know, slapping the turf in preparation for his team to take a snap. Uh, it's it's quite the high T move. I mean, I mean, testosterone is seeping out of Robert Sala's pores. Obviously, uh, just just looking at him raises my uh, T levels. I've actually tested it during Jets games. Anyway, I am tilting. It's at two twenty two p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone. And uh, Joe Brady has been fired as the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. The Panthers, of course, being the most hilariously bad try-hard organization in sports and honestly a, an analytics-driven team owner and David Tepper is making all of us nerds look really bad uh, since he bought the team. Just terrible. Uh, I mean, not only... Uh, our analytics being set back on the field. It's now being set back in the owner's box in the front office. Uh, you, we're, we're, going, we're going back, you know, 50 years thanks to uh, David Tepper's uh, just poor management and poor hiring. So Matt Rule, the terrible head coach of the Panthers, said after the Joe Brady firing that he wanted to run between 30 and 33 times per game. Which is nice. That's a very that's a very nice little goal that Matthew Rule has. Thirty to thirty-three. No more, no less. Thank you, thank you. Well, here's the thing. When you're a bad team, you're not gonna be able to do that. And I, I don't know if Matt Rule has considered that aspect of things. Uh, Matt Rule needs to go, obviously. The team needs to rebuild from scratch. If they were smart, they would trade away Christian McCaffrey for draft picks. But they're not smart. So they're going to keep McCaffrey until he is utterly worthless to other teams. And, by the way, to the Panthers as well. Um, But I just wanted to remind everybody that the reason the... Sorry if you can hear my wife sneezing in the background. uh, The reason the Panthers won't throw it is because the Republican-held North Carolina legislature actually outlawed the pass in 2018. Uh, A little-known law called the Cry More Lib Act of 2018. They passed it, uh, got it through the House and then the State Senate, and it, it forbids the Carolina Panthers or any other team in the state of North Carolina from throwing the ball, from, from passing. They have to run it. Um, running, of course, being a high-T approach to football. And, and uh, the media is not talking about that. And so Joe Brady never really had a chance with that sort of restriction in place. Um, 
by the North Carolina legislature. Uh, that's the kind of news you only get in the tilt montage, which is why you listen. I am tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Live